welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. for joining me for the Spirit Seekers Weekly Radio Show, hosted by yours truly, Cindy Meyer. And the June issue with uh, Amaji, the Hugging Saint, on the cover is available for your um, easy reading at www.spiritseeker.com. We have many articles. Um, one is about Amaji and uh, what the history is of this wonderful, wonderful um, woman who hugs you and you just feel blessings. Um, very hard to explain in words it's more um of a feeling and etc but i did my best with uh explaining about amity in the june issue there's also an article by margaret limbo who will be visiting the midwest um this weekend and she uh, is a specialist in gemstones and vibrational healing and she wrote an article on which gemstones to best accentuate um your career life path. And there's um, many, many other articles. Uh, I could go on and on forever, but we have, uh, you know, you can read it online and the issues are archived. So tonight, I uh, it is my pleasure to be interviewing Dolores Cannon, who is the founder of so many things. She's She has two publish, publishing houses, Ozark Mountain Publishing in, in the States and also in the UK. She has been in charge of... Um, authors and events and uh, a number of years ago started a conference called the transformation conference and she has many many different authors from her publishing house as well as uh, other speakers come uh, this year it's july 19th through 21st she's going to have george nori as uh, one of the the uh, keynote speakers and he is you know as we all know host of coast to coast am We've heard him for ye- about him for years, and he's just been front and center of a lot of the um, a lot of the different phenomena that's happening in this time. Um, but there, I could go on. Dolores, uh, Dolores will uh, fill us in. Uh, and Dolores, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Okay, you are one of the busiest people I've ever met. You know this. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I haven't had any rest. I was two weeks in England. And I just got back and only had one day. I didn't even have time to get over jet lag, and I had to go to a film festival out in Albuquerque. So I just got back last night, so I'm really not all here yet. You know, I saw that with the film festival in Albuquerque. Now, is this something new, or have you been to this before? No, this was the first year they've ever had it. Okay. And they were in connection with Sundance, and I went there. That was a few months ago. Uh, in connection with this film festival. And this one, though, was uh, went on for a whole week. And it's the first time they've ever done it in you know at a film festival, and they're trying to attract uh, movie people out to Albuquerque. And Robert Redford was there, and uh, he had a whole evening that he spoke. So it was really interesting because you had all these different film make- makers, and they uh, presented their different films for awards, just like you would at any film festival. Right. 
Well, and you know, with the advent of satellite TV and satellite beaming everything and, um, you know, technology, movies are, are being released in different ways. Um, you know, especially some of the, the, the spiritual um, films. And then there's the new film Sirius about the UFO um, suppression, the information from the government that's making its way, you know, through theaters where people buy the theater and then, you know, try and fill it just, you know, to let people know what's going on. Yeah, there were several movies like that during this festival. One was The Hidden Hand, and that deals with UFOs and the government cover-up. And then another one was one that I'm in that I was helping promote all over the world. That's The Three Magic Words. And I've spoken about that before. Yes. So tell us us about that one. Another one that won the best award of all we helped to get over here to the States. So, you know, we work a lot in conjunction with all these people. That was uh, the Dalai Lama and the Road to Peace. And this man did five years of following him all around and shooting footage, and he put it all together, and it really was a very beautiful film, and it won the best of the whole uh, week, you know, for the highest award. Isn't that amazing when you think about, you know, so many of the documentaries that are coming out have come from uh, individuals' passion to learn more, and the next thing you know, they they have captured it for us. Yeah, because every one of these, that's what I tell people at my classes and at lectures, you have a dream, you've got to follow it. Because if you don't, you'll never know where it could lead. You know, we all have what I call our testing time. I went through it, too. You have something that you really want to do, but then you are tested. Do you Are you really going to be able to do it or not? Nothing comes easy if you really want to follow your dream. And the testing time, to me, is to see how badly you really want to do it. And there will be obstacles put in your way to try to keep you from doing something. So that's your testing time, because once you make a commitment, there's no backing out. And that's what these people, I met many of the filmmakers there, and they were all following their dream. And they all had obstacles where they didn't have any money and and opposition from family, from people saying, this is crazy, what are you involved in? But they spent years working on projects, and they made these beautiful movies. You know, Dolores, you you um, when you talk about you know having that commitment and vision, I mean, you've been on this path for over fifty years, working you know in hypnotherapy and and understanding the mind and understanding you know the the communication outside of the normal uh, limits that we understand. I mean, you've been you've been on it. Oh yeah, I was on it before anybody else ever got on it. <laughs> right, and you know, and I, I still look back in 2008. You were the keynote speaker, at, you know, at the at the holistic conference that Spirit Seeker, you know, had done for I don't know how many years at that point. And I just remember thinking at that time, you were in and out of China, you were in and out of Russia. You were like, you know, you have been places most people, you know, would not think of as. Um, places where you would be going in and teaching hypnotherapy and regression techniques, but you know, you you have never given up on this hope and this vision. I know it's you know I had a lot of opposition in the beginning because nobody was doing this, nobody understood it at all, and right. that's that's why I talk about the testing time. It took nine years to get my first book published. I had mm-hmm. to wait till the rest of the world caught up with me. They didn't understand right. these things. 
You know, um, we, we talked about this when I interviewed you uh, before, Florence Scovel Shen, who wrote the book, uh, The Game of Life and How to Play It, one okay. of the first female metaphysicians, and everyone looked at that book and said, are you kidding me? She self-published that in the early 1900s, and it's still to this day published in every language because, you know, she had a vision just like this lusting prophecy. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, your words are very wise. So many people in the, in the you know, society that we live in today think everything's fast. You write a book and, oh, there it is. It's, you're supposed to be famous overnight. And that's you, what, yeah, go ahead. It's going to happen, but it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> then they give up too soon. Right. I remember hearing an author who wrote The Super Beings who said, I got up at 4 o'clock every morning and left for the office at 6.30, and that was even after I'd had two or three bestsellers. He said, you still, that's not enough to like just, you know, you still have to stay so disciplined. Yeah, well, I write at night, so it's different. <laughs> so in a different routine anyway. Right. But, you know, I'm still giving the classes all over the world, and the <sighs> classes are getting bigger and bigger uh, this last one in England was 140 people, wow. and then we had that many just a few weeks before in the United States. They're getting so huge. But what right. I think it shows um, how they're, it's reaching all over the world, we are now doing the classes online. We started a few months ago, and we have people from India and even Korea that are taking the classes online. But, so that's to keep me from having to travel to all these countries. But to me, one of the most uh, strangest things I had happened a few months ago, I was in Istanbul, and I had to talk for two days, you know, which is not hard for me to do, <laughs> but it takes longer with a, a translator and a, to translate back and forth. But while I was in Istanbul, we got an email from a man in Mongolia, and I, he wanted me to come to Mongolia. And I said, wow. talk about the ends of the earth. I think there isn't any stranger oh. place that I could ever imagine being invited to, Mongolia. That's amazing. I mean, you know, you just think of, you know, I remember playing Risk as a kid and, you know, Kamchatka and all the different parts of the world. I mean, that you know, of course, we have geography, but I remember playing Risk with my brothers. And, you know, but, it, it, it's, it is But the totally one in Mongolia... Uh, they wanted me to come to a cancer hospital there and teach my method. And I said, well, you know, they were begging me. And I said, well, I can't come just for a, a handful of people. Right. I said, in November, I'm going to be in Beijing. I was three times in China last year. I have to go back to Beijing. I said, why don't you come to Beijing? It would be a lot easier. So that's what they're going to do. Oh, that's that was the last place I would ever think on earth to be invited to come to. Well, you know, you have a vision and it's reaching and the Internet, you know, has changed things. And, you know, you've been wise with your conferences. You've had, you know, um, you tried a new technique. You were saying with the, the last UFO conference where um, it's video conferencing up in the sky, shall we say. Um, and I'm probably not explaining it very well, but you've always been on the edge, Dolores, with technology or the people on your staff. And, you know, you're all over YouTube now. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's a different world, and, and people are hungry for understanding. Well, the Internet seems to be where it's all happening now. Because for the last two years, when I've gone to conferences and we packed the place, and the people say, we just discovered you. <laughs> 
And I said, I haven't been hiding. I've been out there all this time, you know, doing the conferences, lectures, and, you know, I've never quit all those years. But they said, it's the Internet generation, I think, the young people are discovering everything on the Internet. Right. Then when they want to know anything, they're on their iPhones. And, you know, I, I have a I have a son who is 15, and, you know, every single one of them, when they want to know something, the, they, the very first thing. And, you know, they're now actually thinking about allowing the um, iPhones in school because that's how the kids learn. I mean, it's just... It's just changing the the way everything is done, but you know, Dolores, I want to talk just to, you know, I want to I want to go back with your hypnotherapy, and then we'll um, and then how you got into the publishing, and then let's talk about how this Ozark Mountain Publishing Transformation Conference came to be. And I know you have twelve, well, actually more than that, speakers that are fabulous coming up. Um, but let's just hear the evolution, you know, of of how you came to be uh, with two publishing houses in two parts of the world. <laughs> well, in the beginning, like I said, I was way ahead of my time because I was writing these books off of my cases and nobody understood them. They said, I'd send them off to all these publishing houses and it was, what do you mean, reincarnation, past lives? They didn't understand any of it. <laughs> this was back in the, the 70s and the early 80s. That's why I meant I had to wait till the rest of the world caught up with me because nobody understood what was going on. so But I just kept at it and kept at it. There were many times I wanted to throw it against the wall and say I can't do it anymore. It hurts too much. It was nine years of that. But every time I did that, then it was, well, what, what, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I said the only thing I wanted to do was write. So I'd sit down and write another book. So by the time I got my first book published, I had five books written. But uh, still, we had problems with the publisher. So it eventually came down to I was going to have to start my own company. And, you know, I knew even back then you can't do that. You can't, you couldn't self-publish. It's even harder. It's a little easier now, but back then, see, the bookstores are not allowed to speak to authors. That's why if you self-publish a book, you can't get it into the bookstores because they're only allowed to speak to uh, publishers or distributors. And But anyway, I approached this one distributor, and they knew my work, and they said, yes, we want everything you've got. And so that's, people say, well, I'll do what you did. I'll just write, write a book, and I'll get it in there. And I said, no, because what I did was impossible. But I always know that the forces that be have been with me since the beginning, helping me open doors that would have been impossible. So I started my own company, and at first it was just my own books. But then I began to see other books. Uh, Some of them were people I knew, and I said, those books need to be published. So I began branching out and publishing other people's books. So it took a few years, but I began to get more and more authors. And it just built and built until now. I mean, we're all over the world, and our books are in over 20 languages. And it's been a year ago we opened an office in England to take care of Europe and the demands from over there. So it's it's amazing. We've had the company now 22 years. So see, nothing happens overnight. 
And there were many times, you know, any publisher has problems with money and all of that. There were times you just say, I don't know if I can keep doing this. But that's what I mean by the testing times. You have to keep on. Then the dam breaks, and you're there without even realizing all the hard work that went into it. Well, and some of the people you have worked with, I mean, it's just, you know, I know you've been all over the world, and your technique, you know, is life-changing. I, You know, I remember driving, you know, down to see you. I was lucky enough when you were actually in Arkansas <laughs> and, uh, you know, were able to still do private sessions. And, you know, I just, it was life-changing, Dolores. And, you know, and I, I've read many of your books, and, you know, you're just, you're just really a catalyst for so many who are just waking up and many of us that have been away. But you know your your uh, selfless you know devotion you know just I mean and that's why it didn't surprise me when you were you know involved with the film festival I'm like well that's just a perfect extension of your mind with everything else that you know you 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 just you know you listen and you learn all the time yeah and see my books are they're expanding because now films are being made on my books <gasps> really which ones. Well, I'm not at liberty to talk about a lot of this, but it oh, okay. is one of them was amazing, and this one I can say because the contracts have already been signed and it's already moving ahead. Um, a man bought the rights for one chapter out of one of my convoluted books. I knew you can gonna... imagine that one chapter. Oh. And when well, I got that... that email, I was sitting there laughing, and I said. One chapter? Usually they want the rights for a whole book. But the man, he was a producer, and he said he was reading the books, and he read that chapter. When he got done, he said, I know i got to make a movie out of it. So so anyway, that one, we have already met with him in Hollywood, and uh, it's, it's the, the script is almost done, so it'll be ready to go into production. And this is a man who has made some other movies. So... That's just one film on one chapter. Right. So they've told and, me they've told me that you have enough material to last for a hundred years. Well, it's you know, just your books alone and then you've, you know, helped other authors reach success and you know, and let's let's mention your daughter Julia too, you know. I mean her her uh, most recent book and she'll be a speaker at your conference. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it is a lot of work. You know, you don't get to this overnight. You have to really work at anything you want to accomplish. Right. And that's what we have done. And, you know, I have uh, very famous authors, too. One is my really good friend is the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, Arun, yes, yes. And he, he is fabulous. And he has devoted his whole life to carrying on his grandfather's work. So I've I've really been blessed to meet some very interesting people in this work all over the world. Right. Well, you're like a foreign diplomat of of the convoluted universe. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but it but it is. I mean, you know, doorways you know that have opened, and then you've been so generous in sharing with others. So um, so let's talk about your upcoming conference, um, and this will be July 19th through 21st um, in Springdale, Arkansas. Um, you know, have you worked with George Norrie before? On the radio? Yes, I figured you know, as much. I, well, you know, I started out with Art Bell. <laughs> yes. And I, I did you... several shows with him, 
And then we had the other ones, I can't even remember their names, between Art Bell and before George Norrie came on. I did shows with those. And I've done about three or four shows with George Norrie. But, so, uh, yeah. you know, yes, he he wanted to come. He asked if he could come. How funny. Well, he's heard, he's probably intrigued. I mean, you know, the man has interviewed fascinating people, and he knows your history. Uh-huh. So that's fa- that's fabulous. And, you know, then you well, have Will. No, go ahead. Well, his producer said what they're going to do at the conference is called a meet and greet. Because he said usually when he's on the air, people want to ask him questions, and he never gets a chance to really ask, answer them. So when he does this type of a conference, he's going to let the audience ask him anything they want. And that's going to be interesting because, you know, he has a tremendous, um, what I want to say, accumulation of knowledge, too, over all these years. Well, and he's trying new media. I mean, I think that the people who are on the cutting edge and, on, uh, you know, with as much as you're, you know, exposed to in your travels and your teaching and, you know, and everything else, you know, it's a different time, and I think that, you know, him wanting to be part of your conference and to, to be that vulnerable with these kind of people that, you know, that you attract to your conferences. I mean, you know, your UFO conference, first time you ever were in charge of it, so to speak, sold out, not a room to be had for miles anywhere near the conference. It was, you know, the, and, it was the yeah. biggest one they'd ever had, and I've been in on it since the beginning, 26 right. years. You know, but Dolores, that's just a testament to a testimony, whatever, to, you know, your consciousness and and what you said at the very beginning tonight. It doesn't happen overnight, but once there's critical mass, then here we go. Yeah, that's what I would say, then the dam breaks. (laughs) But you only get there by work and dedicated work. Mm -hmm. You can't sit back and expect everything to happen to you. And I know a lot of people do that. I run into them all the time that they want to become overnight successes. It doesn't happen that way. You know, when I when I tell people sometimes that, you know, Spirit Seeker has been published for 17 years, you can, you can and especially the ones who are just finding their way to the magazine, you can yeah. see it like, what? Why have I never heard of this? I, you know, why? And, and it's... It's because all things in good time, and um, yeah. and, and the internet. We we've, we've been published online since 1998, but there's something different happening right now. It's and I yeah. think, I think it's really the 20 and 30 year olds. Yes, that's what I mean about the internet generation. I know there's definitely something happening right now. I can feel it, mm-hmm. but that's the same way. Look how long I've been around. We just discovered you, and my <laughs> books have been out there for 30 years, and they've never gone out of print. And we've been publishing all these other authors for 22 years. And, you know, we've been doing the work, but people don't find you until the time is right. Right. Everything has to happen in the right time. And now I can see it. Everything is changing. The vibrations and the frequency. The other countries I go to, they say they can feel it. And people keep saying, well, when is it going to happen? I don't notice anything changing. It's still the same old stuff. But I said, no, it's not. Other people are telling me, I feel it. It's in the air. Something is going on. They know we're going through a shift, a change. And it is for the better. It's really affecting people in a positive way. 
I think that was that whole 2012. You know, it's 12-12-12. It's all about, okay, it's not that the world's ending, but the the way in which we are living and the way we think about the world totally shifted. Yeah. So, you know, and then when I look at this conference, I'm just going to name a few of the speakers and then, um, and then you know, you can chime in. But, you know, of course, we've already no, mentioned. What about Guy? Did you were able to get Guy? You know what? I My producer is going to let me know if he jumps on, but evidently it's <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning there, so I think maybe he slept through our interview. I'm, I'm not thinking, sure. It's, uh, six, you know, there are six hours ahead, so it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. <laughs> Usually well, he's pretty good at remembering these things, yeah. but, you know, well, people are people. Yeah, well, I, I confirmed, you know, with one of your staff again today, and, you know, because I just, I, I wondered, I thought, I wonder if he is, like, at that conference, you know, with Dolores, or if he's back. You know, I just wasn't sure. But, but he, yes, of course, let's mention um, Guy Needler. He is the author of The History of God and Beyond the Source. He has training yeah. experience in all kinds of energy-based therapies and, you know, and as a... We have- just now published his third book, and he's going to be there for the conference because he has the history of God, which is a fascinating book. Uh, This man is an engineer, but yet he came up with these, you know, a lot of it was channeling, but people say my books are complicated, the the, uh, convoluted universe books, but his go beyond mine. So therefore people who really want the deep, deep stuff and he goes into the history of God and where God came from. That book is now being translated all over the world. And then after that, that would have been enough. But then he wrote Beyond the Source. And that meant taking it beyond God. And he went into 12 different um, universes where each one has its own God and each one has its different uh, laws, I guess you would say, over these different universes. And now we have written his, uh, he's written his second book in that series. So it's it's beyond the source too. So wow. these are very complicated concepts, but pe- some people, that's what their where their minds are. They like this kind of challenges. Well, he's very scientific and, you know, and able to, you know, the, the, the folks who have those analytical minds, but how, but why? Because I can remember even as a child, okay, well, if God made us, who made God? Yeah. And I remember the nuns not knowing how to answer that, you know. So so to me, Guy Stephen Needler, you know, when he described how, you know, he went turned to that left field, you know, with that first book, and then he kind of pulled away, and then now he's back out with a whole different, it, it just feels like a whole different energy with this. Because he told me he was going to go through all 12. The first book goes through six. And I said, yeah, if your mind can handle it, because concepts he's coming up with, nobody has ever found before. And I really thought it was going to scramble his brain. <laughs> well, you know, these downloads, downloads of information. And, you know, and then we've got, you know, let's go to William Henry, who looks like a person to me. I Whenever I think of William Henry, I think of that picture where he looks like he's in a space suit. You know, but, but you know, but he's out there. He's out there with ancient civilizations and, you know, uh, the mystical aspects of, of, of humankind. And, you know, so let, let's talk. I mean, he's, he's his whole deal, from what I can see is, you know, the ancient secrets and human transformation and how history, you know, it plays into all this. Yes, he can. I'm not really sure what his topics are going to be. We're going to have him speak for two days. 
But I know William for a long time, and he can talk about anything. He's a fascinating speaker. And he goes from UFOs to ancient civilization, ancient knowledge. There's just so much that uh, we have to find out, well, well, William, which one are you going to focus on? (laughs) But I'm sure no one is going to be disappointed because of the wide range of knowledge that he has. Right. He's been, um, you know, uh, according to the website, and just I remember interviewing him last year, he's uh, been uh, documenting humanity's awakening for like over 20 years. And so I, I just would picture him being an amazing speaker. He is, because I've, I've been on many conferences with him. Because, you know, I know just about everybody in the metaphysical field. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's amazing, you know, but, um, you know, also new in, uh, is Catherine Andres, and I mentioned her because she's from the Kansas City area, and she just recently, um, she's one of your new authors with Soul yeah. Choices, Six Paths to Finding Your Life Purpose. Uh, let me tell you, though, when I began this uh, conference, this is eight years now we've been doing it, but when I started doing it eight years ago, the idea was to give, make it be a showcase for our authors because so many of them, well, they were complaining their books weren't selling. Well, they're not out there. You have to get out there and promote. Otherwise, people don't have any idea who you are and what kind of a book you've written. But a lot of them didn't. They didn't do any appearances. So I said, let's have a conference where we will showcase these authors and give them a chance to get up there and speak. Because a lot of times they're very afraid to get out and speak before an audience. But this way, I thought maybe it would be a showcase and they could get up and get their feet wet. Of course, if the attendances usually go up to 400 people, so my daughter said, get their feet wet, we're throwing them into the pond. (laughs) Sink or swim, here's your chance. (laughs) Yeah, it's good practice for them. And I help them, you know, I don't um, stick them up there and, you know, let them be shot at. No. So uh, we we do this on purpose. Every year we try to have our new ones. We have over 50 authors now and at least five to ten new books coming out every year. So these are our new ones that for this year. We had some that couldn't make it that also had excellent books. But Catherine Andrews, she is a new one. And her book is Soul Choices, Six Paths to Find Your Life Purpose. Well, and, you know, you have this Albert Chang, I hope I'm saying is um, Chung or Chang, uh, Master of Chinese Wisdom, Chinese Astrology, I Ching, Tarot, Feng Shui. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know I'm a, a Feng Shui girl, and, you know, I'm certified in that and have always been fascinated with the uh, with anything with energy movement, with um, balancing, space clearing, et cetera. And he, he just looks fascinating. Well, I forgot to tell you, too, Guy Needler will be doing some workshops after the conference, and Albert uh, Chang will also be doing a workshop. But the book of his that we are publishing is The Emperor's Stargate, and that's about Chinese astrology. Now, he lives in Hong Kong, so we're bringing him over from Hong Kong. Last year, uh, when I was in Taiwan, do, you know, I had to do a lecture there, and he came from Hong Kong to meet us in Taiwan, although we had already signed the contracts on the book. And um, he has been studying this for a long time. 
but he has a new slant on the Chinese astrology. And that's where the Emperor's Stargate goes into that. So he'll be doing a workshop also. So this this uh, might be something interesting for people who are into that kind of thing. Well, and, you know, I mean, this is just such a diverse uh, conference. And I also want to mention uh, Guy Needler. We've mentioned him back, back and forth several times. He um, he has amazing healing abilities, and um, he has been involved, a member of the Complementary Medical Association for many years. And so he's he's an author, a scientist, a healer, and yet he's also involved with the minds that are really um, working to make uh, complementary medicine, you know, more understandable. Yeah. And we we do have two books on Lemuria that I want to bring up. Oh, I saw that, yes. Let's hear about that. Okay, well, Charmian um, Redwood, her book is called Return to Lemuria. And she did that through several of her hypnosis clients. They went back there, and so she puts it all together as the story of what Lemuria was really like. And I liked it because it went along exactly with the things that I had found out about Lemuria. And so that's why I wanted to do her book. Because, you know, in the beginning, you know, Lemuria came before Atlantis. And these are some of the first beings that came to Earth, settled in Lemuria. And when they first came, their bodies were not solid. They were more gaseous. So it took a long time before they became solid, like physical bodies we have today. So everything she found uh, goes along with what I'd already discovered. So this will be the first time that she's come. I haven't met her yet. Okay, but, now that's, yes, is that Irene Lucas? Is that who that is? No, she's not speaking at this one. Okay. So who, who, is, who is the author? Oh, it's the... Um, the Jackwood. Okay, all right. Because, you know, I mean, I saw the I saw the um, the featured book, you know, the Coming Home to La Maria um, on the website. So that's the author you're speaking of, I guess. That's uh, Charmian uh, Redwood. Yes, she. That, I mean, I love the cover. I mean, that the cover of that book when I when I saw it coming home to Lemuria, I went, oh, this is like this. It just felt really good. Well, she said that was one of her friends channeled that. Um, it's a ball on there, and it has a lot of symbols in it, mm-hmm. and it has some kind of a hidden meaning. It's supposed to appeal to people. Well, it almost looks like the violet flame, and yet it's a lotus. It's it's all kinds of things in one. But, you know, Dolores, for people who are saying, okay, we're supposed to know what Lemuria is, can you please um, explain to the listeners who are like, oh, I've heard of Lemuria, what exactly is it? Okay, because I've done a lot of research on it, too. You know, it's come up in a lot of, many, many of my readings. Mm-hmm. But as I said, it was there before Atlantis. And after Lemuria went down first, and some of the people that escaped from that went to Atlantis. And so that it, Atlantis was the second great civilization that came along. But it was a civilization, and they were highly advanced, no violence. So they were a very good people. But they're two separate civilizations. But the second one is Jack Churchward. And anybody who has been in metaphysics for a long time know the work of his great-grandfather, James Churchward. 
because he was the first one to ever say anything at all about Lemuria back in the 1920s. And um, when he came out with it back then, uh, uh, they all thought he was crazy, and they did everything they could to discredit him. And he called it Moo, but he said he kept what he says in. I have had to edit that book, and that when his grandfather was, uh, he went to all of the Tibetan monasteries and all these places that have all these old records, and he lived among them for many years with the monks, and he finally got access to all of this ancient information that nobody knew about, and it was dealing with the civilization of Lemuria. So he took that and wrote these books about Mu, as he called it. And uh, But at that, those days, uh, the people, the scientists and everybody thought he was crazy. But he kept hanging in there. And then uh, Jack Churchwood said that his family even were forbidden to even mention his name because they all thought he was crazy. Wow. So that shows following your dream, you know, because he wrote several books about Lemuria. But uh, imagine that at a time when everybody's against you. But he I, he did find his information from these ancient, um, I won't say scrolls, but ancient records that go way back that were hidden in these monasteries. So what Jack has done is taken them and kind of updated them. He's added some more research to them. And the book that we printed on with him, his is, is the original book, but it's been um, had more research added to it. But he wanted it to stay true, the same text, the same photographs and pictures that his great grandfather had in the original. Well, and and you know, let's talk about, um, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly, Garnett Schul- Schulhauser. Uh, the author of Dancing on a Stamp, and um, this book, uh, is my understanding, is based on conversations with a homeless man who was actually a disguised spirit guide named Albert. So here he is thinking it's a homeless man, but instead he gets this whole download of information. Yeah, because he said he just met this guy, and it would be somebody you wouldn't even look twice at, like a hobo. Right. But... He, he The man kept showing up everywhere he went. <clears throat> so finally he started to talk to him, and he found out that he was uh, Garnett's spiritual guide. So he eventually began giving him information in bits and pieces. And that's what he accumulated to write this book. Wow. <clears throat> it's just so interesting. interesting. Because in the book, toward the end, he said, you have the whole ballroom to dance in, with all meaning all the information, everything you can find. You have the whole ballroom to be dancing in, and you're dancing on a stamp. Right. Like keeping yourself small, like Nelson Mandela yeah, said. We, we keep our viewpoints small. Right. So, you know, it's just so fascinating to me because – you know, especially when you travel internationally and, you know, just different people show up on your path, but it's not just internationally. It's wherever you are. I mean, you have to be so aware, you know. That's part of the awakening. Yeah, because I'm always meeting people that you would never expect to meet. 
And every time it happens, I just tell myself, that was not a coincidence. Oh, no, there are no accidents. That person, uh, for some reason, I was supposed to come in contact with them. Well, and, you know, this is just, you know, the lineup for this year is just absolutely fabulous. I'm going to mention a couple of uh, other people, and um, you've got Patty Greer, who who has explored the crop circle phenomenon. Yes, and she's made a film. She's going to show the film at the conference about the crop circles. Right, and that's the balls of light? Well, she talks about it being the balls of light with the luminate beings, but the crop circles, uh, they're mostly in England. And, you know, our office in England is located right in the crop circle country. You know, it is so interesting to me, uh, Dolores, how many people say, oh, those are just, you know, that's just all hype and whatever. And yet, we both know they are high, high, uh, it's my understanding, and I'm going to let you step in, it's communication of the highest order. Oh, yes, because I've been investigating them 1992. That would be over 20 years since I was investigating them in England. I don't do it anymore, but that was when I used to run around in the circles and I found a lot of information out. And, of course, there are some that are man-made, but you can tell them so easily because they're messy. The real circles are just absolutely perfect. And when you're in them, you feel an energy that is totally different than anything else. But in my books uh, on UFOs, I've explained what the crop circles were. And they are a language because, you know, the ETs don't communicate with words. They think we're the strange ones. They said you've got to put one word behind the other word to form a sentence, to form a, a paragraph, to get an idea across. He said that's so slow. They communicate mind to mind in symbols. And each symbol has blocks and blocks of information in that one symbol. And that's what these are. They're a language. And I asked, I wanted to know more about the symbols, and they said it's being downloaded into the people's brains on a cellular level. Loads and loads and loads of information that are in each one of these symbols. And later on, it's not for now, they said it was for later on, Whenever you're going to need the information, it'll be there, and you won't even know where it came from. But, of course, I think it's for now, but I got this information several years ago, that it's, it's all that we need these, this information. But they say you don't have to be in the circle to get the information. You just have to look at the symbol, look at the design. Right. I mean, they're intricate, 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 and, you know, I mean, to me, it's very, uh, I mean, I know this is a whole different thing, but, you know, the the monks will do these sand mandalas painstakingly, you know, bending over for hours and hours, you know, through these little tiny pipettes, and then the next thing you know, you have this intricate uh, mandala, and then you look at it, and you think, oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful, and then what do they do? They They destroy it. They destroy it, but when they were in Missouri, they they did this at the New City Museum. And they prayed and prayed over this all these days, and all these children and parents all watching them. It took like seven days. And then they took the the sand, and they invited, you know, 
I don't know how the invitation was extended, but I happened to be one of the lucky ones that was there. And they put it in the Mississippi River down on the, you know, the riverfront of St. Louis. And they, they, they released that sand into the water knowing that it would travel to wherever people needed extra prayers, which is, you know, similar to me, like in a whole different level with these crop circles. It's like you look at them and you just are like amazed at the, at the, at the whole beauty of them. Well, yeah, I've seen the monks at different conferences. They would be set up like that, doing the intricate designs mm-hmm. with the sand. And they are. They're extremely beautiful. And then they say they destroy them. Right. Because nothing's show permanent. that nothing is permanent, I guess. Right, that's the whole thing of you you see beauty, you you know, but you're not attached to the thing, so to speak, which is, you know, part of the Buddhism, but it's also part of the prayers. You know, to me, these crop circles that appear, I mean, Dolores, t- tell the the listener who's like, okay, I've heard of these, but I don't know anything about them. I mean, how fast are these crop circles done? Some of them, I just heard, it's just amazing. Well, you got a matter of minutes. Right. Because I know, um, I know all the crop circle investigators, and the one is a good friend of mine is Lucy Pringle. And she goes up in the plains and she takes the photographs from the air. And there was one, it's um, called the Juliet Set, and it's a very famous one, which was right across the road from Stonehenge. And it, it you've probably seen pictures of it. It has 700 circles in it when they counted it, going out in arms from the the largest going down to the smallest. It's a beautiful design. And 700 circles. And it's huge. It's enormous because in the pictures you can see Stonehenge with just like a little dot compared to this whole field was taken up by the Juliet set. But she said she flew over that um, field and there was nothing there. She came back. Five minutes later, and this entire beautiful design was there. Wow. And when they have done, oh, they were doing experiments trying to see if man did these things, how long would it take them to do it without leaving any signs of going in and out of the fields? And she was on a a program. It just a regular small circle took them seven hours. So, see, there was no way they could have made an intricate design like that in just a matter of minutes. Right. So, I mean, it's just interesting times that we are living in. And then you think about Stonehenge and you think about, you know, the ancient mystery schools in Egypt. And have you noticed how Egypt, is, I don't know, maybe I mean, for me, Egypt is just showing up all over the place, you know, in different ways right now. And I was last there in 2008 and it just... It's just ancient, ancient knowledge, and that's what each of these speakers seems to, well, I mean, it's because of your consciousness, Dolores. Of course, you would attract speakers like this, but but it's like, it's just, it's different now. I know, I know we both know that it's just very different. Everything's happening more quickly. Well, see, that's what I always call myself. I'm the reporter, the investigator, the researcher of lost knowledge. Because what I discover in my work is knowledge that has been lost or forgotten or never known at all. And that's what I keep finding, and that's why I keep writing more and more of the convoluted universe books. But um, it it is ancient knowledge. That's why people think I channel all these books. I don't channel at all. That's not what I do. I'm the reporter. I have to put it all together like a puzzle. Right. You know, piece from one person, a piece from another person, 
That's why this takes years and hundreds and hundreds of clients to get all of these uh, these uh, things of information. That's my job, anyway, to put in. Well, it's a big job, and you're doing a great job of it. And I, I, I want to, uh, want to give the website. It's www.ozarkmt.com, which is an abbreviation for Ozark Mountain. But I'm going to repeat that: o z a r k m t dot com. All yeah. of the information on Ozark Mountain Publishing, uh, the different conferences, of course, you know, where they just were with the film festival, you know, this is all on the site. And there's a store, there's, you know, all about the different authors, there's um, there's just a lot of information. And I really like the feel of your new website. I like the, it, it just feels light and airy and um, just really, really good stuff that you have going on, Dolores. And um, I didn't realize you were representing 50 authors now. I mean, it's just, you know. Yeah, we try to help them all to uh we have an association now that will help them develop their websites, help them find places to talk. So I think we're one of the few uh publishing houses in the country that has a conference to showcase the authors and also helps promote the authors. Many of them don't do that. They'll publish your book, yeah, but then you're on your own. But I do want to mention my daughter's book. Yes, we have to mention Julia. Okay, yeah, let's Julia hear about that. Uh, she's using her maiden name because her real name is just too long and complicated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Her real name is Pazadegan. Oh, my, Julia Cannon's much easier, yes. <laughs> yeah, because she married an Iranian and she got stuck with that name. Oh, so she funny. would just rather use her maiden name. But, you know, all these years she's been involved in my work. And a lot of it has to do with the different illnesses because nobody should ever, ever be sick. You're not supposed to be. The uh, human body is a miraculous machine that's been created to heal itself and take care of itself if we don't interfere. In my classes, I teach about this, how any illness, any aches, pains, or anything is telling you something. And you learn to know what what part of the body it is, what it is trying to tell you. Once you get the message, it goes away instantly. So she's been there during all this time with my work, and we know what different parts of the body, what it meant. And uh, I would come home from a session, and I'd say, guess what I found out today? <laughs> and in my class, everybody kept saying, well, do you have a book that has all of this listed in it? And I didn't, and I certainly didn't have time to do it. And she be, she can get messages. I can't, but she can. And, and she was getting this message, you've got to write a book about this, what these things mean, but she calls it the secret language of the body. And so she began taking notes, and she was putting it all together, but she was taking her time and, you know, dragging her feet she said at first, well, who am I to do this? This is my mom's the writer. Who am I to take this task on? And she said, don't you want to write it to me? And I said, I don't have time. I've got too many other things to work on. <laughs> this is your book. Right. So she began putting it all together, but she was still hesitant. And then she said that during this last year, finally she got the message. They said, if you don't do it, we're going to give it to somebody else. That was a kick in the pants from the universe. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess I better do it. 
Oh, all um, the hesitancy, you know, the worry about how it would be accepted. She did it, and it turned out people are loving it. That's making her feel better because any time you do a book, even the many as I've done, you always wonder, will they accept the new one? She just has so much light on her. Uh, when I looked at the picture, you know, on your website, I thought, oh my gosh, she's glowing, and you know, she's she's calling her, um, she's calling it light casting, which I noticed when her email changed, and I thought, what is that? And then, you know, I put, kind of put two and two together, and you know, she's just glowing, Dolores. I mean, you know, you two are doing such work. I mean, you're both like out on the road doing spirits work and really helping a lot of people. Well, I've got a lot of my kids work for me. <laughs> You're our, on your own mountain. <laughs> our company is growing so fast and it's getting so big. We had to hire a lot more people last year. And uh, it's not showing any sign of stopping. We're going to have to hire some more. It is just, it's exploding. Yeah. But this is the time. Everybody's interested in spiritual things. And the books are out there doing the work. That's why we I to make a joke. Back when I said it took nine years to get my first book published, and it's like having a baby. Instead of nine months, it took nine years, and then when it happened, I had a litter. <laughs> all... I had five books that came out at the same time. Oh, that is funny. That's a good analogy. That's like perfect. And all of us that are listening, you know, you can, you now can just see that. Not just one. Oh, no, we had qu- not quintuplets <laughs> all at one but time. But you can't just give up. Oh, yeah. You have no, to you can't. going and going and going. So I just kept writing more and more books, not knowing where it was going to. And then finally it all came out at one time. It all happened at once. Okay, so we only have a few more moments. I just want to mention Justine Alessi or Alessi. How yeah. do I say? Okay, let's talk about her. She looks fascinating. She's a real sweetheart. Uh, she's been coming to every one of my conferences for the whole eight years. Oh. Uh, she is a master at the tarot. I've never found anyone better than she is because her book, The Return of the Oracle, she has taken the tarot and brought it into modern times. Because you know the old symbols that you read about all the time, they they've been they're so old. Right, the Tower of Death and yeah, yeah, you know their meanings. Right. So she took the meanings and brought them into the modern times and the modern explanations for what the cards mean. And I swear, I mean I've never seen anyone do it, but I told her I said you're more psychic than you think you are, because to her the cards are just a tool. But right. she picks up on the most fascinating things about each client. And she tells you things there's no way you anybody could know about you. So she is absolutely marvelous. Well, and, and she's read cards for people from almost every state in the union. She's yeah. um, she's just really, you know, no stranger to um, having penned articles herself. She's, you know, so I just, I thought, when she, I saw her profile, I thought she's perfect for this conference. Perfect. I can see why she's, she's been there all eight years. She's, she's going to be doing a class as a workshop. She teaches people the basics of her method. But one thing I really love is way back, you know, when they had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on the air. Yes. He had a client come, and he was at the bottom. He was so unhappy and depressed and all of this stuff. She did a reading for him, and he came out. She said, you're going to be a millionaire. And it didn't make any sense. 
But yet he went on that show, and I've seen it aired several times since then, and he's coming down to the last question of who wants to be a millionaire, and he's wondering, can I answer it? Can I answer it? Then he kept thinking, she said I was going to be a millionaire. He remembered that. So they asked the question, and he's thinking, I know this. I know it. And uh, he got the million dollars. Oh, my gosh. That's fascinating. Well, you know, when you get this many people together, you know, George Norrie, has, uh, his his show has been heard by millions of listeners over the years. He's, yeah. you know, over 564 stations in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and Guam all. And now with the way satellite radio is, everything, the way things are changing, you know he's going to be reaching even more people because he's so well-versed in, you know, he's like the Barbara Walters of, of the radio. You know, he's an um, excellent interviewer. He really is yeah. good, and this is—he doesn't speak at too many of these. So this is a rare opportunity to come to the conference and get to meet him. There's going to be a dinner uh, that night where you'll be able to meet the speakers, and um, it's you know, like um, they have drinks too and everything. Uh, it's what do you call a mixer? Yes, and that's going to be after his talk. So that is just so nice to meet him and really uh, hear what he's got to say. Well, and of course there is shopping, and we're you know all you have to do is go to uh, ozarkmt.com and you'll see. You know, and I mean, you know, you're in the middle of the crystal land, and you know, you you have, you know, Spirit Seekers actually bringing a group to go crystal hunting in September down to Arkansas, and oh. you know, I mean, you're right in the middle of everything. All these crystals, all those, you know, I mean, and you have really good vendors uh, to go along with your conference. Um, it just all looks good, Dolores. Well, we found out that right underneath where I live is one of the biggest crystal deposits. That doesn't surprise me. And now, are the, you gonna, that's are what you Julia to... said. They told her, you just thought you picked that place to live. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's beautiful. You know that when I when I came to visit you, you know it was uh, the 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 leaves had, were changing. I mean, I've been to Arkansas several times, and every time I go, I am in awe of how beautiful that state is. I mean, you know, and just think, here you are, fifty years doing this work, and who could have ever dreamed, you know, that that it would be at this point, you know? But you had the vision and you held it. Yeah, you don't. You can't give up. And now it's going to go into films. That means that's what I want because then I won't have to travel as much. We have the Internet that is spreading it with the online classes, but then the movies will bring it to more people. So I won't have to be on a plane constantly going to all the countries of the world. Well, you you know you're you're right there at the edge with everything. I mean, you know, I, this is the way it is. I mean, I remember the first time uh, one of the teachers from India that I've been following for many years. You know, I remember the first time he said, "Okay, so if you can't be at the conference, then you can just um, pay this amount, and then you're right there with us." It was satellite beamed. You know, it was like it was as if you were in the room, even though you yeah. weren't. And and this is really where technology is going. It is. And I'm not sure what they're doing at this one, but they're going to have what they call streaming or not. But we also sell the the DVDs after the conference if people want to buy them, DVDs of the whole conference. We've had those since the whole eight years. 
Well, and there's a Facebook page. Is it for Ozark Mountain or is it uh, for Transformation Conference? I can't remember. I know, but I know you have a fan page now. I don't know. See, that's something I don't have any any involvement (laughs) with. Okay, so let me just tell you, if you search for, okay, I'm going to give you Dolores Cannon. It's D-O-L-O-R-E-S-C-A-N-N-O-N.com. And on Facebook, there is either, if you look up Dolores Cannon, you'll see it. Um, There's a Facebook page where you can uh, join in and, you know, you know, this is the, this is the deal, Dolores. You, you, never cease to um, inspire me because, you know, people will say to me, oh, you're so good with it. I'm like, are you kidding? Those are the techies on my team, you know? I mean, yes, I understand and I under and I know the power of it, but, you know, my work is spirit's work. And, you know, I understand totally. You're like, I don't know, but I, I yeah, that's there. You know, like there was a recent book on the, the afterlife written. This woman had 15,000 Facebook friends within two and a half months because there's a hunger for this information. There's a hunger for it. And, you know, I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing and, you know, mention once again the July 19th or 21st uh, Transformation Conference. It's in Springdale, Arkansas, and it's at the Holiday Inn. And I don't know if there are still rooms, but it doesn't matter. All you have to do is, um, you know, Sign up for the conference, and you know a way will be made for you. You will not be sleeping on on the forest ground, or maybe you will with a tent. Who knows? But you'll get there. You just contact (laughs) our website, and you'll find out more about it. Yeah, there's every bit of information. So, Dolores, thank you so much. I know how busy you are. So, you know, from my heart to yours, thank you for everything that you're doing, and thank you for lighting the way for so many. But just figure that guy Needler was asleep and didn't hear the telephone. <laughs> we mentioned his name several times. So, Guy, we were thinking of you, and, and thank you for the work you're doing as well. Okay, okay. Dolores, many blessings, and thank you so much. Okay. okay and All right. uh, thanks, thanks for having me on again. Okay. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.